So everyone in the room raises their hand. And I tell them, I said, here's the reality. Everyone in this room has a plan. The majority of you have just chosen the most expensive route, which is private pay. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. So glad to have you with us here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Walter Storholt alongside John Amarino. He is the fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area. You can find us online by going to gosecurus.com. John is San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, and I always look forward to the chance to talk to him on this show. And John, ready for another great episode today? I am. I am. You know, ready to rock and roll and talk all things financial and retirement. We're covering a lot of different things on today's show. Our main topic coming up a little bit later is going to be the opportunity for us to dive into some of the top and most critical retirement planning mistakes. Are you making some of these mistakes yourself? Uh, we're going to ask that question and go through that checklist and through that list of mistakes on today's show. We've got a really good question from Steve wondering about online calculators on today's show and much more all on the agenda. But uh, let's dive in first, John, to see what's happening in the news. And, you know, I don't know what other headline we would really pick other than just kind of a generic, hey, coronavirus talk and conversation is certainly still swirling all around the country. So what about in California specifically when it comes to the coronavirus and all the news that's been going on has you kind of paying attention and is on your mind? Well, what do we always have to say about San Diego? I guess the weather is nice, yes. even though we'll be... No matter what's going the- on with the uh, virus, at least the weather is nice usually, right? Right. Although we are heading into a little bit of a, what's called June gloom. Uh, it'll be a little bit cloudier in June. So if, if, if you're an out-of-state listener, always understand San Diego is not a great place to visit in June because we have a marine layer that always kind of clouds up the days. But I digress. So how's California and the coronavirus? Well, you know, I guess we're just like New York. This state needs to open up. You know, I'll actually give credit that the state handled the coronavirus well in the beginning. You know, we didn't have the outbreak that I think that a lot of people thought we would. But now I think it's a little too much. I'm a big believer that the cure can't be worse than the virus. And, you know, people want to get back to work. They want to pay their bills. They want to have some type of normalcy. I know we've talked about this, Walter. And there's just so much conflicting and false information being peddled, especially by the media. You know, I mean, we've had these models saying millions of people will die. Now, you know, the CDC all of a sudden cuts the numbers in half. And, you know, the media is actually posing. I I actually saw a report, Walter, the media posing a fake news story, like with actors in Michigan. It's, it's disgraceful because this is a very serious you know, topic. People's lives are at stake, not only health-wise, but being able to take care of their families. And I've literally been sickened by the media coverage. But you know, in my humble opinion, people just need to use common sense, right? Take your vitamins, wash your hands, and if you're sick, stay at home. You know, the more information and research that I've done, and I've done a lot because this has obviously impacted my business. It's obviously, you know, impacted the markets. So I've read a lot of medical reports, CDC reports, 
research interviews with doctors, stuff I'd never thought I would actually be researching, you know, and it's another strand of the flu. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not a medical expert. Okay. This is just kind of, you know, the reports that I've read by other experts, and I'm definitely not making light of this situation. You know, I know Walter and I have talked off air. You know, this is, this has taken a toll on my family. My wife works as a director at a skilled nursing facility. And, you know, we've had some COVID scares and she's had multiple tests and thank God she's been negative, you know, up to now. So I am definitely not making light of this situation, but, you know, the fact of the matter is older people or people with pre-existing health conditions, especially respiratory, you need to take those extra precautions. But the fact is, this isn't lethal to the vast majority of the population. And experts also say the stress of not working and being able to provide for your family or just being cooped up and being isolated is just as, if not more dangerous, you know, than the virus itself. And you know me, Walter, I've never been a big government type of guy. I do love our constitution, the freedoms that it provides us as Americans that a lot of other nations don't get. And, you know, I've had very little respect. I, I apologize if you're a person that loves uh, your politician, but I have had very little respect or confidence in our politicians on both sides, especially the way California officials have grossly mismanaged our state for years. And usually Californians pay no attention and just go on about their lives. And, and we vote for really dumb things on the ballots that increase our taxes and really don't provide much benefit to our state. But we're actually seeing a different behavior. You know, over the last couple of months, it's like an awakening. People are fed up and are protesting all over the state. And for me, quite frankly, our state government has frustrated and irritated me for years. Their poor decisions have driven people from this state in droves, right? I mean, you know, the Cal exit, you know, Texas, how many people now, you know, live in Texas that used to live in California, especially retirees. So my take is this, the state can tell me what to do under the ruse of looking out for the best interests of my health. When they start managing our tax paying dollars and leading this state with the true best interests of the people, not by wasting a mere $80 billion of tax paying money on a train that seamlessly is never going to happen and was never really popular with the citizens as one great example I like to use. $80 billion of taxpayer money, poof, it's gone. No high-speed bullet train, and yet not one politician has ever been held accountable. I still believe we have a U.S. Constitution that provides us freedoms, and one of those freedoms is to feed our family. Soapbox done. And the freedom to get on your soapbox, actually. That's true. That's true. For now. For now, even. Jeez. That's right. That's right. Well, there is uh, there has been such an interesting debate over the last couple of months through all of this, and uh, it's been fascinating to watch it play out, and uh, it will continue to play out, I think, in the months ahead in various ways, shapes, and forms, and uh, I look forward to your take on all of it. As we move forward, turning to a sort of a positive light kind of thing, it's time for our getting to know you segment here on the Retire Happy Podcast. 
It's getting to know you time. And so uh, I wanted to keep it positive this time around on the show, John, because uh, I knew we were going to have some heavy coronavirus talk out of the gate. Um, what, let's talk about charities and nonprofits. And I'm curious, are there any charities or nonprofits that you care deeply about and support? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my wife and I, and, and we've talked about this time and time before, we are blessed. Um, we're blessed financially. We're blessed with health. We have healthy, great kids. And, you know, one of the biggest things, the reasons why I do what I do is really to make an impact. And I say, you know, I tell my clients, what drives me to be the best advisor is I want to positively impact my clients' lives. And if I positively impact my clients' lives, then I am going to impact my family's life in a positive manner. But the impact can't stop there. I, I believe that if you are blessed and you have the ability that you need to impact your community. And so my wife and I are active. We do support three charities, the Semper Fi Fund, St. Jude, and Tim Tebow's Night to Shine. So you know, the first charity I mentioned was the Semper Fi Fund. And this was actually started by some military wives at Camp Pendleton. And this is a great fund. I encourage you guys to all look into to all of our charities, but Semper Fi Fund is a local charity. And, you know, they provide immediate financial assistance and lifetime support to combat wounded, critically ill, and catastrophically injured members of all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces and their families. And, you know, personally for me, I've had several friends who have served in all branches of the military. I had a friend get killed while serving in Afghanistan. So I believe supporting the brave men and women and their families who sacrifice absolutely so much for our freedom should be supportive. And not only can you, not only does I, I think 95%, I want to say, go directly to the wounded soldiers and their families, but you don't always have to donate monetarily with them. They have a lot of great fundraisers where they just need people to volunteer. And, uh, you know, that's another way you can give back. And, you know, they do things all around San Diego and Southern California. So that's our way of giving back to the military that we love and support. The second one is St. Jude. Obviously, this one is a big one. You see the commercials all the time. And as a parent of two young kids, I think there's nothing more scary than having your child be diagnosed with leukemia, cancer, or have other serious health issues that they were either born with or developed. And uh, you know, I'm a pretty rugged type of personality. I don't get super emotional, but I literally have a hard time watching any type of medical show that has to do with sick children and their parents and what they go through. It's heartbreaking. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, every night, my wife and I pray over our children and, and we pray for their health. So we think it's important to help support the treatments and find cures for those kids and their families and the support to have their families be able to go to places like St. Jude and be with their kids. And then last but not least is Tim Tebow's Night to Shine. And we got actually got involved with this through our church, which is actually, I think, one of only three churches in the county that are sponsored to host this Night to Shine prom event every year. And we've done it for the last three years. 
Secures Financial has been a corporate sponsor for all three years, and I've actually been a part of the planning board. And I'll tell you what, of all the charities, this is the one that we get to personally see the positive impact up close and personal. And what the Night to Shine event about is it's all about hosting a prom for special needs individuals 14 and older. And we call them our honored guests. And you get a chance to chaperone them for a whole night. And usually you're paired up with one honored guest per person. And this year was especially cool because my wife and I, Walter, we actually got to do a double date with a special needs couple. Oh, that's pretty cool. I've been able to do the Night to Shine event as well, only once before, and got to be a chaperone. But thats I wish I could have done the double date with my wife, but she had to work that night that they were having the event at the hospitals. But it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, and, and in this case, it was, you know, the girl would would always, you know, she was kind of, my wife was joking because at a certain point, we, we got a little bit separated and they like had girl talk. And, you know, relationship talk. And, you know, my wife was just kind of just like talking about how that was so cool that we were able to have that experience. And and now this these uh, the couple actually comes to our church because our church does a lot of special needs services also that are, you know, not as, uh, you know, they're a little bit more sensory focused. And this couple actually just comes to regular services and we see them all the time. We hang out with them at, at church and it's really Awesome. And, you know, for those of you not not aware of the Night to Shine event, Walter, you can attest to this. Each honored guest is transported to the event from a location nearby in a limo bus. They walk the red carpet with people that are like raving fans, like paparazzi, and they're taking photos and the local news comes out. And, you know, they have professional photographers taking pictures, you know, with the banners, kind of like you see you know, with the stars and they have makeup stations, shoe shine stations, a dinner, which I'll give my props off to Chick-fil-A. They sponsor this every year. They donate all the food. Great organization, support them. But you have dancing, karaoke, and then every one of these honored guests is crowned king and queen of the prom. And Tim Tebow, will actually drop in on some of the events. They, they haven't, he hasn't come out to San Diego yet, but he'll always have a video talking personally to the crowd. So it is honestly one of the best nights of the year. And I, I think, you know, you've participated in Walter, you could probably agree. It was a really cool night. It definitely was a rewarding experience to be a part of it. And uh, it was just a, a night full of joy for a lot of people. So, yeah, if anybody has the opportunity to be involved in that Tim Tebow Night to Shine event, it's pretty cool. And uh, kudos to all of the people who were involved in that event on the local levels because it takes a lot to pull those events together, and they do it really well. I mean, it is quite an event. I mean, it was probably cooler than, like, my prom, John. I don't know what yours was like. (laughs) No drama. No drama, that's for sure. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, very true. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah, yeah, fantastic time. I thought the coolest thing was the uh, the video game bus was pretty awesome. It was just a bus of wall-to-wall TVs and every video game you could possibly imagine. Uh, You can picture that was a very popular activity for people to do. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, the, and, uh, and you know, and I, I, I spent a more time than I would like to, you know, really kind of, you know, in terms of just the time on that show talking about these because I do have clients that ask about good charities to use and 
And, you know, again, if you have a required minimum distribution, you don't need it. You can support some of these charities using qualified charitable distributions in other ways. So, you know, I, I just like to give the listeners a little bit of, a, of some background on how great these are. And two of the three you can volunteer for also and really make an impact that way, too. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing those with us. Again, the Tim Tebow Night to Shine, St. Jude's, and the um, Semper Fi Fund, started by the Military Wives at Camp Pendleton, three great charities close and near and dear to John Amarino's heart. That's for sure. Thanks for filling us in on some details there, John, about those different organizations and programs and charities. Uh, It's time to answer one of your questions as we turn the page back to the financial talk here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Steve is up with our mailbag question of the month. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. And Steve is in Point Loma and says, an online calculator, John, says I'm going to need $742,485 for retirement. We'll call that uh, three quarters of a million dollars just to make things easy. Uh, (laughs) How accurate do you think that estimate is? Well, Steve, I'm going to go out on a limb and say not, not probably that accurate. And here's why. To truly get an accurate estimate, which is extremely important because you are leaving the job field and entering retirement, your calculator must take into account several factors. Number one, what are your expenses in retirement? This would lead to the ever important calculation of your withdrawal rate. And you have to understand that your withdrawal rate, basing on how much risk you want or how safe you want your withdrawal rate to be and not outliving your money, needs to be in the ballpark of 2 to 4%. And again, the withdrawal rate, that's going to show you, you know, your likelihood of running out of money, which is retirees' biggest concerns. Number two, does it take into account your Social Security and or your pensions? Number three, is it taken into account inflation and at what rate? Number four, does it take into account state and federal taxes? Number five, is it looking at your investment strategy in retirement? Now, we've discussed how investing during your working years is fundamentally different than investing in your retirement years. You are no longer in your accumulation phase of your life. You are in the distribution phase of your life, and preservation of assets needs to be the foundation of your plan. So is it taken into account the different types of investments? Is it taken into account market risk? Right? Is, it, is, is the calculation saying, hey, at some point in time, we're going to have some pullbacks in the market like we had this year? And last but not least, does that calculator take into account contingencies for life events, Right, those long-term care events, those unexpected costs, and again, market corrections or recessions? So unless it took into account of all these factors, it's truly not accurate. And quite frankly, I've never seen a calculator, a free calculator do that. You know, we pay thousands of dollars a year to get and use multiple softwares to get to that answer. 
It's a great answer, and I think, um, you know, Steve, it's a great question. It would be so nice if we could just plug in a couple of calculations into a calculator and get an easy answer when it comes to having enough for retirement, but there's just so much more nuance to the question. You can't really rely on those calculators very much because they leave so many questions unanswered, as John just outlined. You know, relying on maybe incomplete information and making your retirement plans off of that incomplete information, that would be a pretty big mistake to make in retirement. I wonder if it will show up in some way, shape, or form in our conversation today about how to avoid critical retirement planning mistakes. It's time to turn the page to our main conversation of the day. Some of the common mistakes that, John, I'm sure you see getting made time and time again, or maybe because they're meeting with you, about to get made, time and time again, by retirees and pre-retirees. We've got a list of a couple of good ones to cover on today's show. We may not cover every mistake that there possibly is, but again, some of the common ones here. So the first one up, John, is the consideration of bonds as a safe investment. Now, there's a difference between less volatile and safe. Bonds might be less volatile than the stock market. I think we all could uh, certainly admit that we know that, but they're certainly not without a downside, right, John? Yeah, very true, Walter. Bonds do offer a layer of diversification, which is important. We want diverse portfolios, and, and we have bonds in our portfolios. But in a rising interest rate environment, many investors will see losses in the bond component of their portfolio. And I always use a teeter-totter example with my clients or students of my workshops. And you have to look at it like this. If if you had a teeter-totter, bond prices would be on the left side and interest rates on the right side. So if interest rates go down, your existing bond value would go up if you had a bond that paid 4% last year. And we'll continue to pay that for, let's say, nine more years and you need to liquidate that bond or someone wanted to buy that bond from you and interest rates were now at 2 or 3%, then your bond has a higher payout. Therefore, you could sell it for more potentially more than what you bought it for. But the exact opposite happens if you bought bonds in a low rate environment like today and then interest rates you know went up, right? If you had a bond that now paid 2%, and you had to sell your bond, you would have to sell your bond at a discount because if someone wanted to buy a bond two years down the road and interest rates were now at 4%, why would they pay $1,000 for your 2% bond when they can just buy a 4% bond for $1,000? Therefore, you're going to have to discount your bond to make up for that. And that's something that we call duration risk. Now, I'm curious here, John, has the coronavirus situation impacted the way you view bonds as an investment for retirement? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a way it has, right? Because you look at what has gone on with interest rates and you know, bonds offer diversification, but in the zero to almost negative interest rate environment, they will carry future interest rate risk. I mean, rates can't really go lower than negative, right, Walter? Very true. So, so an alternative that many economists and planning experts have suggested is perhaps replacing some bond allocations with fixed index annuity allocations to minimize that duration risk. So, you know, not all bonds are created equal, but yes, some of your interest rate related bonds will suffer 
from duration risk and and the, the losses can you know be pretty startling and if you have on a side note if you have a 401k or your kids are in a 401k and a lot of people invest in target date funds you have to understand that target date fund just automatically re allocates to bonds every year you get closer to that target date for retirement. So you may be buying bonds in this target date fund in the most inopportune time <laughs> to purchase them. So you you really need to understand that, uh, especially with target date funds. That's a good one to get us started. So considering bonds to be a safe investment, definitely a common mistake made by retirees and pre-retirees. Next on the list, John, is not protecting yourself against long-term care needs. This is that subject everybody wants to stick their head in the sand over. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Every retirement class I teach, when I discuss long-term care planning, I ask the class to raise their hands if they have a long-term care plan. And typically, one, maybe two people out of a 15 to 20 person class will raise their hand. But then I ask the question again. I, I repeat that question. And after, you know, people are kind of looking at me like, you just asked that question five seconds ago and you're asking it again. But then I tell people, now I want everyone to raise your hand. So everyone in the room raises their hand. And I tell them, I said, here's the reality everyone in this room has a plan. The majority of you have just chosen the most expensive route, which is private pay. And really for some people, just looking at the expenses of getting long-term care insurance is enough to make them suddenly convince themselves that they really don't need it and can get by without it. And for some people, traditional long-term care insurance might not be the answer. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a strategy for how you'll pay for long-term care expenses if you encounter them. And I, I get it. Long-term care insurance is expensive. Maybe if you don't use it, you lose it. But there's alternatives, right? You have alternatives like asset-based long-term care and life insurance with long-term care riders attached to them that basically accelerate the death benefit. And a couple things people like about these alternatives that if you don't use it, then the money will pass on to beneficiaries. So it gets rid of that. If I don't use it, I lose it rationalization. And typically, they have lower costs. But I will be very honest with you, the most robust coverage is still your typical long-term care insurance coverage. And in the end, I tell clients this, like anything, the decision's up to you. I will always bring it up as a fiduciary, because this is one of the biggest killers of a retirement nest egg. So I will always bring it up. And statistically speaking, there is a good chance that one, if not both spouses, would encounter some type of long-term care event. So the question I basically pose to my clients is simple. How much do you want to pay? And how much do you want the insurance company to pay? And we can illustrate a two or three year long-term care event versus the lifetime or period certain amount of premiums that you're going to make to help you make that decision. And you'll see, okay, listen, this is definitely worth it, which is in most cases, the premiums do pan out much better than a 80, 90, $100,000 a year long-term care event. And re remember, Medicare does not cover long-term care coverage. It may cover up to 
partially up to the first hundred days, but that's it. And having a wife that works in a long-term care facility, I want a private room, Walter. I want a private room. <laughs> I'll, I'll be Definitely. honest with you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are going to be expensive. So, you know, could your estate withstand, you know, a potential 300, 400, 500,000 hit and, you know, what happens if you're in a long-term care event for three, four, five years and you die? What have you now done to, you know, potentially your surviving spouse financially? So I always say that burying your head in the sand is not the answer. And I will tell you this, long-term care insurance is not for you. It is to protect your spouse and is to help your family deal with the crisis of a loved one going through a health ordeal. Right. Not only do they have to deal with seeing you in a unhealthy or injured state or deteriorating state, which is hard enough, but they also have to deal with the care and the financials behind it. So many little nuances when it comes to long-term care that you've just got to have a very frank and honest discussion with your significant other and with your advisor. So not protecting yourself against them or sticking your head in the sand and ignoring that conversation, big, big mistake that retirees and pre-retirees certainly make. Number three on the list here, John, not guarding against a market decline. And we may have a lot of people listening who just realized this mistake over the last couple of months. Yeah. You know, when I began doing my retirement planning in late 2012, I met with people who were just recovering from the devastation of the financial crisis. It absolutely derailed their retirement plans. And quite a few people had to work an extra three or four years to get the money back that they lost. Most people didn't stay in the market the whole time and folded in the bottom because they couldn't take the pain anymore, right? They just, they didn't know when the, the bottom was going to be and they folded. And that's understandable. That's how we as humans are wired. Then after that, when the markets went up, they wanted nothing to do with the markets because they were rattled. But over the last 10 years, we have had a bull market up until the coronavirus. But the coronavirus and more importantly, the shutdown of our country you know, viruses have affected us, you know, to the tune of maybe a, a 12, 13% drop in the markets. It was the shutdown that sent the market spiraling. And I'm once again having those conversations with prospects who are stressed out and wondering if they're going to be able to retire when they wanted to. I've had several conversations over the last month with people who are going to retire in the next year and lost a substantial amount of money in March because they didn't receive the proper advice to de-risk their portfolios in their final years of employment. As a retirement planning expert, when I am developing an investment strategy for my clients, I always use that Vegas example that we've talked about in past podcasts. And I ask them, when you go to the casino, if you go to the casinos in Vegas, you don't say, I'm gonna win $10,000. You go there with the mentality, or at least I do, with how much are you willing to lose? And that's how you have to look at your portfolios in retirement. How much are you willing to lose to the stock market? Because in a good period, you will always be invested in the market. But in a bad period, that's when you're going to fold. You're going to make bad decisions. And just like what we saw in April, this has been 
history repeating itself that often the best times in the market immediately follow some of the worst times. And if you bought and fold, you just missed out on some of the best rebounding times to rebuild your money. So you want to have a portfolio that can be built around your risk tolerance and that can keep you invested and stay the course with your plan because big market gains are not nearly as important for retirees as avoiding market losses. And the vast majority of my clients who had a portion of their money principally protected and their other money, what we call risk money, was invested to their risk tolerance, experienced single-digit losses to their overall portfolio. And more importantly, what we mention all the time on the show is they had peace of mind and confidence that they can weather this storm and potentially future storms without panicking and making fatal investment mistakes. Well, John, I have to say I don't share your uh, philosophy for going to Vegas. I subscribe more to the uh, you know, Vegas vacation, Nick Papa Giorgio oh. mentality of, you know, I want to put a dollar in and get a car, put a dollar in and get a car, put a dollar in and get a car. You know, that's Yeah, hey, I have buddies like that, and <laughs> hey, God bless them. They've lost a ton of money, but we've gone to Vegas free. <laughs> Vegas keeps wanting you to come back or or at least wants them to come back, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Too funny. All right, so three down, uh, and uh, I believe we've got two to go here, John. Number four on our list, and again, we're going through this list of some of the common, some of the top critical retirement planning mistakes and how to avoid them. Number four is assuming that one particular financial tool is always good or bad. We've talked about this before. This will be something we talk about again It'd be nice if everything was so black and white that we could just say, hey, investment A is great, investment B is bad, throw it in the trash. But the reality is that A might be great for me and terrible for you and vice versa. And we kind of have to come to grips with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell people not to focus on whether it's a good or bad investment, but rather whether the investment is appropriate or inappropriate for you and your specific situation. And we really stress that this is your plan tailored specifically to you. It's not your brother's or your sister's plan. It's not your friend's plan. It's not your coworker's plan. Everybody values money and lifestyle in their own personal manner. And I, I use the analogy, you know, I'm a big suit guy, right? I've got friends that are not going to fit into my suit, right? They wear suits too, but they have a completely different build. You go to a tailor to have your clothes, or in my case, the suit specifically tailored to you. That is what you want your financial plan to be. It's specifically tailored for you. So there are financial vehicles that are appropriate for some and not appropriate for others. Either way, no matter what you do, you should always know the pros and cons to each investment because each investment will always have a pro and a con. And if you're working with an advisor, you need to understand why that advisor is recommending that vehicle to be in your best interest, right? Is your advisor a fiduciary or are they a broker salesperson? Are they working in your best interest? And can they explain to you why? Do they explain clearly the pros and cons and why this is in your best interest? Lastly, always know the costs. If it's not transparent and you don't feel comfortable with it, 
then don't do it, especially if it's going to have, you know, lock up a portion of your money or if it has illiquidity issues. Too many people, Walter, make sweeping generalizations about certain types of tools or strategies. And quite frankly, I think that's either ignorant or they're making or listening to a sales pitch for a competing product. I think it's interesting that you say that, John, because it's so true. And uh, I think if people kind of, I mean, of all the things to get passionate about in life, is a financial product really something that we should really take really heavy sides over? Um, that's being, I, I guess if you're really into it, then maybe you can go that route. But I, if we're equating this to tools, that'd be like, no, 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 no. The socket wrench is garbage. You know, <laughs> just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible tool. It'll, it'll never perform the way my screwdriver does. Um, it, it's just kind of silly when you think of it that way. Last but not least, John, one other critical planning mistakes, and you probably could have seen this one coming. If you're a longtime listener to the show, it was a logical evolution to end up here. But it, it's appropriate and it makes sense. Not having a plan, critical mistake. It's one thing to have a plan that needs a little bit of tweaking, of course, but it's another thing altogether to not have a plan at all. And more people, John, actually fall into that second category of not having a plan at all than they do in the first of having one that just needs some tweaking. Yeah, yeah. People don't plan to fail. They fail to plan, right? That great quote. Folks, life happens, good or bad. And in retirement, your livelihood could very well hinge on your assets and your decision on how to manage those assets. As I said in my May Market Update video blog, you cannot wing this. If you don't know how your retirement plan is going to perform in a good or bad market, if you don't know your tax liability risk or marginal tax traps that retirees often face and quite frankly are absolutely surprised by. If you don't maximize your social security or safeguard yourself or your spouse against a long-term event or a death of a spouse, and if you don't have a plan to leave your estate to your beneficiaries, then you're increasing your chance of outliving your money or making the IRS your biggest beneficiary of your state. Neither are a very popular outcome for today's retirees. So have a plan a detailed plan. And if you do it yourself or if you hire an advisor to prepare a detailed plan for you, yes, this may cost you a couple thousand dollars or you become a client of the advisor if they do planning based on asset under management fees. Some advisors charge fees plus asset under management fees plus planning charges either way. In the end, a fundamentally sound retirement plan and solid trust can yield far more value than their cost. Well, there you have it. Five solid, tangible ways or mistakes that retirees and pre-retirees make and some tips on how to avoid those mistakes. And honestly, the solution for a lot of those things is to just plan, to pay attention, to keep your eyes open, to ask questions, um, stay on top of it. That's going to help you stay ahead of the curve on all of the common retirement and financial mistakes. You just got to make sure you've got a plan in place and somebody guiding you through all the different moves and the process. And John Amarino can certainly be that person for you. If you're in the greater San Diego area, he has an office on Trina Street, conveniently off Interstate 15 there next to Scripps Ranch High School. Can meet with you in person or uh, are you doing remote meetings uh, at the moment, John? Are you still able to meet remotely or have at least an initial phone call with somebody if they've got questions? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I do, um, you know, if you have a phone call, we can set up a 15, 20 minute phone call. If you, you just want to talk about a few things or, uh, do you do a uh, Microsoft team, uh, meetings? Those from what I've researched, those are the most uh, secure online meetings. And, uh, we can always do a quick uh, phone call or a quick Zoom meeting. And then, you know, if you feel more comfortable as this nation begins to open up, you can come in and see us. Very cool. Again, you can get in touch by calling 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. You can also go to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. Dot com. You can check out the new video blog that John has uh, debuted there with lots of great information and resources uh, teaching you about different concepts in the financial and retirement worlds. So it's a nice extension of what we talk about here on the podcast. And if you like learning visually, there's some great opportunities to do that in the video blog. You can also listen to past episodes of the podcast there on the website and sign up for John's newsletter so that you get alerted every time there's a new video or a new podcast for you to consume and check out. And last but not least, check out the GoSecurus Facebook page as well. You can get a link to that on GoSecurus.com and uh, connect with John and the team that way. And lots of great announcements and information and some fun stuff always posted for John there as well. So all at GoSecurus.com, your portal to lots of great information to prepare successfully for your retirement future. Well, John, we appreciate all the help on this week's show. You're always there for us to fill us in on great detail and great information and educate us about what's going on out there. And we'll look forward to another good conversation next time. Absolutely. Y'all take care now. That's John Amarino. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.